0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Martin Keene. He's the founder and design director at Focal Upright Furniture. Martin, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You, you've done... A ton of stuff in your career, and we'll we'll kind of dive deeper into that in a little bit. But first, I think we should start off and kind of get to know you a little bit better, and maybe let's uh, cover where you grew up.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I was born in the UK. Uh, my folks in Southwest England. My uh, okay. folks decided to bring their young family. To, uh, the, to Ohio, actually, from uh, from southwest England in 1971. I was six and a half years old, so I've been here in this country since then, but I've lived in, uh, uh, spent my formative years, I suppose, in Ohio, sure. uh, the heartland, uh, all the way through college. When I got out of, uh, when I finished college, I wanted to not just, um, I just, I wanted to get out of Ohio. I was seeking the ocean or the mountains. I wasn't sure, but I was a little flat for me. Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm I, uh, I love to sail, so water. I was looking for water.
0: Okay. And,
1: uh, moved to Boston after after college.
0: Okay, so just let's step back for a second. What did you take in college?
1: I studied industrial design, specifically okay. product product design. So I've always wanted to design products.
0: Sure, uh, like physical products, obviously. Yeah, physical yeah.
1: physical products yeah, that we interact with.
0: So yep. you you get out of university, you move to Boston. What what do you end up doing in Boston?
1: Well, I followed in my father's footsteps. My father was a shoemaker, okay, uh, and then became eventually a shoe designer. And I, I got my first job in in shoe design, working for Saucony, uh, which is a running shoe company up uh, north sure. of Boston.
0: So how did you land a job at like a, a well known company like that?
1: Uh, well, with the you know professional design training, uh, you are able to. Conceive uh, mentally ideas, put those ideas on paper, and communicate them. So I think that's uh, anyone who is you know seeking to get into design, you sort of have to develop a portfolio sure. to show you know that you have the ability to conceive ideas and make at least you know pictures that can communicate those ideas to folks. So that's sort of how I got that first job. But obviously, my my father knew a few folks in the footwear industry, so he got me uh, you know an interview.
0: Okay. And then you you brought in your portfolio, they liked it, and then you ended up getting a job there, basically? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so walk me through kind of, you know, your career as the designer, and then eventually you founded your own footwear company called Keen Footwear. Walk me through kind of how you decided to start your own company, and why did you decide to found Keen?
1: Uh, It's funny, I mean, actually early on working for Saucony, I sort of wondered where these uh, these forms that the shoes were were made on the last. You've heard the term last, sure, uh, which is the the foot form that all shoes are built on in a in a uh, factory setting. I always wondered sort of where they originated, and I, obviously they were somewhat foot shaped. Um, but even since my first first years at at Saucony, I, I questioned sort of who developed those lasts, and and why are they not exactly like my foot? Why does it? Why, why do my shoes not fit? Uh, you know, the the you know the foot that I, I always noticed my little my little toes kind of pushing to the outside of most shoes that I bought. Sure. And I don't have specific ter- terribly uh, wide feet, so I continued to question this with the various companies I worked for. I worked for Saucony for two and a half years. I moved to L.A. worked for K Swiss for two and a half years. Um, just first designer hired by K Swiss, the tennis shoe company.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And and again, I just had this question in the back of my mind. You know, these companies are built on a on a sort of a fashion item, in a way, and and the fit of the product is is not secondary, but it's not really thought of as a primary component. And you know, making people feel completely comfortable in the product, it was more about the history, of the you know, the heritage of the company and what their product represented. You know, whether it was running or tennis, um, you know, it wasn't really about necessarily about perfect fit. So I always questioned that, and then I uh, eventually started uh, Keen after a number about seven years after uh, working for K Swiss. I uh, spent seven years as a design consultant in the footwear industry, working for probably fifteen to eighteen brands. Sure. Um, during that time, I came up with the idea for for Keen based on my own my own need. I realized a need for a sandal that uh, was more like a shoe that offered the protection of a shoe, uh, for, um, Oh, excuse me, turn off my phone here. Um, uh, for sailing, I was, as I mentioned, I was i I'm a sailor. I love sailing, but your toes are pretty vulnerable when you're on a boat and you, you want to wear sandals, but your toes are hanging out there. And You know, I, I had one too many, uh, incidents whacking my toe, my toes and realized that I could come up with a better idea. So that's where I, I sort of came up with the idea for for Keen Footwear, and what actually pushed me to start the company was uh, an event that happened uh, in September of some of uh, 2001. Sure, yeah. um, which you know is shocking to all of us, and but it was you know some people, uh, myself. Uh, included, you know, took that opportunity uh, to kind of reevaluate what was important in life. And I, that's where I said, all right, I'm just going to jump off this cliff and start my own brand.
0: Sure. So did you self-fund it? Did you raise some money or, or kind of walk me through the early stages of that?
1: I found a strategic partner that was in the, in the business that had the ability to help me get to market. Okay. And, and somebody who was, had, had manufactured product before footwear specifically, and, uh, also was interested in, you know, starting their own their own brand. Sure. So, did,
0: did you know them through your connections in the industry, or did you have to go out and physically find them?
1: I fi- went out and physically found them. I, I, it was through a contact that I had already made in the industry. Okay. That uh, this person was now working for, for my partner, uh, my future partner, and you know, that's where it all started. So it's, it's connections.
0: Sure. So, you obviously like Keen became a super successful global brand. You ended up kind of selling the company, correct? Correct. And and so you you sold. You're you're no longer involved. You walk me through kind of your post Keen. Did you take some time off, or or kind of what did you do right after you sold the thing? Did you stick around for a while and transition it out? What happened?
1: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I studied industrial design, specifically product design. Sure. Uh, I wanted to design all sorts of products, so. Uh, I, while I love footwear, I had a great career in footwear. It you know, wasn't the only thing I wanted to design, and I had actually come up with the idea for Focal Upright well before I had actually came up with the idea for Keen. Which is interesting. So, yeah. I, so the tool that I was using, the physical tool that I was using to to be a, a, a consultant in the industry, um, and then eventually being the you know the founder and designer of of Keen. Uh, I felt was a very important thing that I had created, and and just like the initial idea of of Keen, which was just a a solution for my own, a realization of my own need for a sandal that could be more protective, uh, I realized that as a creative person or anyone trying to apply their brain towards knowledge work, uh, you know, we've we take for granted our posture and that, that, it does or does not affect us. And I, th- I think it affects us greatly, our uh, actual output throughout the day. And, and, I hated sitting. I hated sitting since I got that first job at Saucony and I was prescribed a uh, sit down cubicle. Sure. Uh, and that's sort of just, we don't, we don't uh, question these things. We, we are, you know, we're creatures that tend towards the tools that are provided to us and we don't. Very often question them because that's just the way society is, right? Sure. And so I realized that uh, getting into a different industry was a, quite a challenge. But um, as a designer who loves to create new and innovative things, I realized that the challenge is, is is part of it is convincing people that you know maybe a new habit can be broken if you introduce a new tool. So uh, yeah. So in uh, two thousand, see, we launched Keen in two thousand three. I I sold my ownership to my partner just over five years ago. We launched uh, Focal five years ago. Uh, come May, actually, in a couple months, um, and uh, you know it's just been furniture ever since. So it's been it's been quite a transition. It's been a great deal of fun.
0: Sure. So you you obviously you mentioned earlier that you you had the idea kind of before the shoe wear, but I'm curious then walk me through kind of building an early or the first prototype of you know focal
1: yeah uh well i I, so in 1994 my son was born uh no sorry my daughter was born um and we we moved to uh we moved to jamestown rhode island okay um and I built a, a red barn behind my house. That, was, that became my design studio. And I realized I could, I could work any way I wanted. Okay. Um, and I could design my office space any way I wanted. And I just realized I didn't want to have a chair. I wanted to try a standing desk. So I bought an architect's drafting table and used that for some, for some months. But standing is tiring. Yep. So what do you do? Do you go back to the chair or do you come up with some other solution? And I I end, ended up finding a high stool that somebody had made out of an old tractor seat, Okay. more of a, more of a you, know, you know, those high sort of bar, bar totally. type stools. And I used that for a while, but then I was just sitting high at this high table, and one day I just simply bent the backrest. It had a wire backrest on it. I bent that back, and I tipped the thing forward on its front two legs, so it sort of pitched the seat pan. Uh, more open towards you, and just lean back on the on the front, you know, on the front two legs. So it was kind of a tipped seat, and I realized that it was a posture that I had never really considered before. This sort of halfway between I was standing, but I was supported. I was felt rested enough. I didn't feel, but I felt engaged physically, and it it switched something in me over time. It this took many many months, and then I realized that my output became much greater. My actual that the creative time applied to a piece of paper, or or creating a drawing, uh, you know, whether it's a a uh, on a on a uh, computer or a physical, you know, pencil and paper drawing, the amount of time I could actually spend feeling creative increased. I don't know what percentage, sure, but I felt like my output was better when I worked in this different way, and I and that was completely revolutionary to me. That you know, we we think to become more efficient at something we need the the new digital tools that are now available, the upgrades and all that, but we don't really consider the physical environment that we're in the way in which we're interacting with these digital tools. And I, I, that that to me was so impactful. I realized not just for myself, but for for humanity to, to get off your ass <laughs> when you're working. I mean, to, and then I came to the realization that the chair was designed for leisure. If you think about why we have the chair, it was always, a place where you welcome guests to your house. Hey, have a seat. Let's you know have a cup of tea. R- relax. Sure. Uh, you know, relax in the chair. You do. You shouldn't go to work and relax in your chair. You should be attentive and working, and you know, getting as much output out of your your waking creative hours as you as you possibly can. So, it became my my mission to really try and transform and break this habit, that uh, this paradigm of. Of sitting down for work, and yeah, you know, we sort of we learn it in school. We're told to sit down, stay still, and pay attention. Sure. How many kids do you know that that works for?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally you know, right.
1: So, um, it, it's it's really a fun product to develop because when people try it and they become convinced, they are thrilled and they are so grateful they found us and this new way of working. And a lot of people have the sit the sit to stand desks already. Sure. But we're still provided with that same sit down tool. And when you get tired of standing, what do you do? You go down to sitting. And and the data that, that most uh, companies uh, have found that sell these desks, these sit to stand desks, is that after about eight to 10 weeks, the novelty tends to wear off and we are creatures of habit and we go back to the chair and the tables tend to stay in the down position. So having provided this tool now that allows you to bring the table up, maybe Pull the plug in the wall so you can't put it down again, and you know keep yourself engaged. But when you need to rest, uh, you know don't go down to the chair. Use use one of our our upright seats.
0: Sure. So you kind of have four kind of verticals, and and obviously they share pieces between the two. And we kind of just covered the seat, but I, I'm curious to know. Talk about kind of like okay, so you, you built this seat, you have this desk. Walk me through kind of the process of okay, you, you built this thing. How do you decide to say, like, wow, I really want to start kind of building these and create a company around this?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that was a challenge. I mean, I, I spent my whole career in footwear, um, primarily making footwear overseas. Sure. Uh, footwear unfortunately left the shores of this country in the, when I started. I started in 1989. Right. At Saucony. And I remember that was sort of the, the tail end of the factories in Maine being, you know, packed up and put on all the machines, put on a ship and shipped to China. It was really, you know, I, I was not really part of the industry when its heyday was in Lowell, Massachusetts, Lawrence, Lawrence, Massachusetts, Maine. Right. Uh, but, you know, that must have been a fantastic time. And that's all gone. It's all gone. And, and I was I kind of entered the industry during the tail end of that. So I was not familiar with domestic manufacturing, but I wanted to try and make a difference and bring jobs here. Sure. So part of the mission was to try and, you know, come up, not just develop this idea, but actually build the operation to build the product. So we had – and build it here. We're building, you know, here in Rhode Island. And that that was a real real challenge because there's just very little infrastructure to support furniture manufacturing. Uh, here, I mean, you know, there's still a lot in in Michigan. Sure, uh, there's a great deal of furniture manufacturing there, and down in in the Carolinas, that's although that's dwindling. So, it was definitely challenging to try and take on uh, not just building a brand, but also building the machine to build the products that the brand represents. Right. But you know, if if you're not challenging yourself, uh, you're not living. And I think it's been a great deal of fun to. To build a factory here and to also build the momentum around what we're doing. And then, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we'll eventually find a partner that can come on board and really make us, uh, you know, have us expand uh, greatly.
0: Sure. So you, you built the chair. At what point did you decide, okay, like I really need to build a desk that, you know, accommodates the, the chair and kind of the new angle?
1: Well, we did, we did launch with both the Locust seat and the Locust desk. Okay. Um, the desk was definitely the secondary thought. I mean, it was really about the posture the seat puts you in, because you can use our seats with any desk that you can bring up to a standing height or you know leaning height. Uh, but I wanted to do to design a a, a table that complemented and was of the same character as the uh, the seat. So. Uh, But, you know, while we have a great desk, a nice lightweight aluminum desk with a nice, beautiful German lifting mechanism, it's not about our desk. It's really I'd really like to focus on the seats. I mean, we do make fantastic desks. We make great uh, standing height conference tables that you can use some of our seats around. The the primary focus, though, is is our our seat.
0: Okay. no, that that that's interesting to me. So. You, you built this factory in Rhode Island, kind of walk me through, kind of how did you decide to kind of and start marketing this and getting the actual, you know, products in businesses to actually sell or did you start online or walk me through kind of how you started getting them into the market?
1: Yeah, uh, we launched at a trade show. I realized trade shows are, are maybe not the best sales tools but they are good PR events. Sure. And I, I went to a trade show that probably is the best furniture design PR trade show in this country, the ICFF show in New York, right? Um, which is International Contemporary Furniture Fair. Uh, so we went there in May of 2012, and I designed a 20 by 20 booth uh, that was you know, striking and in, quite interesting to attract people. Uh, and we had, I think, six prototypes of our seat, one prototype of the desk. And we actually had a competitor's desk in the booth from... A company called Human Scale, okay, uh, with a product that they were about to launch—a table called the Float Table. Um, just to show that our again, it was about our seat. You can buy anyone's t- table, uh, while we make the best tables. <laughs> sure, uh, it's really about our seat, and they'll go with any anyone's anyone's table. Gotcha. So we launched there, and we got a great deal of press. And I think part of you know part of that was it was a revolutionary idea, and part of it was uh, I'm you know I'm a known. A commodity that I, you know, I've done something in my past that people know of, sure. and you know, people wanted to write about what's, you know, what Martin Keane's up to now. Uh, so that was, it was a great event to go to. We went back the, uh, the following two years. We haven't been back since. We mostly now go to, uh, you know, the 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 niche office furniture markets, the ergonomic markets. Oh, and and South by Southwest, which is an oh, interesting, interesting place to show. Yeah. Cool. So because that's kind of our core user.
0: Yeah, sure. That, that totally makes, makes some sense. And the one thing that I do want to mention that I thought was really interesting is the, the finishes of the desk and how you, you have a version where if I, if I like it or that I can actually have like dry erase and like, maybe that, that sounds like brilliant to me, right? Like, obviously I haven't tried it, but like, I always, like, write sticky notes, and they're, like, on my... Like, if I could just quickly write something down, I like, walk me through kind of how you decided to come up with the different finishes and kind of the dry erase. How did that come to be?
1: Well, the dry erase is not on our workstation uh, table, because uh, for individuals, I mean, you tend to have paper on your yeah. On your desk. yeah but when you're at a meeting table, our conference tables, the biggest seller is the dry erase top. And I think we're not original in this. Other Other companies... Are uh, are producing dry erase tables, uh, obviously dry erase boards. Um, so yeah. it, we're definitely not the first to do this, but I've just found it so incredibly. I, I'm a I, I'm a doodler all the time anyway. Sure. And anytime you're in a meeting and our tables accommodate six to you know ten people, um, you know you you're always taking notes, and some people forget to, that piece of paper, and it's just it's just handy. It's you know I think. Because I think the thing is, Kevin, because I find that this posture that the seats put you in makes you a more creative person, that you're more, you. it it makes you a more creative person. So you're always coming up with, with uh, more ideas, better ideas, and to have the opportunity to jot them down, uh, I think is key.
0: Sure. So to just to come back to the, the seats for a second, you have kind of a few different kind of lines or, or kind of products. So you have like the desk seat, but you have a few other kind of seats. Do you want to kind of walk or talk us through what's the difference between like the desk seat and the task seat and your uh, like your leaning seat? And then you have like a portable one. What What's the difference between them all and kind of how are they the same and different?
1: Well, uh, the four seats that are sort of focal seats that we do we, we do have some of our our partner uh, SafeCo. We have a couple of their seats on our line uh, in our line now. Okay. Uh, so I, I'll talk about the four seats we've developed. The, sure. the top, the first one, which was the locus seat, uh, is the one with the, the that wooden base, sort yeah. of a foot ramp built in. That is sort of your all day workstation seat. It doesn't really move from behind your desk. It's parked there, and uh, you know, it's it's your your go to place for all day, you know, working. Um, and the idea behind that was, and what you can't see in the picture is that that leg, that vertical leg that supports your backside yeah. is mounted on a gimbaled uh, base. So you have a range of motion so you can kind of keep this movement, this fidgeting going throughout the day. Uh, and that's, and you can also adjust the height and the, and the angle of the seat pan. So you can really accommodate yourself in this sort of la- standing, leaning posture. Uh, that was our introduction. And then uh, about a year and a half later, we introduced the MOBIS, which is a, a small footprint, Seat that works very well around meeting tables. It also works uh, great as a, a side seat to your, your locus seat if you have your coworkers come and work with you at your desk for some time. It's a lightweight, very portable, small footprint. Uh, it's also selling very well at retail situations where you know you don't want to have your, uh, your folks working in a retail environment sitting down, but they, uh, they do like to rest every once in a while, whether it's behind a cash register, uh, or or something like that. In fact, uh, you know, California has mandated a new uh, law. I think it was a, a class action lawsuit with uh, Target oh, that uh, you know, folks that are spending their entire day on their feet now can demand to have some sort of a uh, upright seat that that keeps them you know a little a little bit rested. Our, our third seat, uh, which we introduced, um, let's see, shortly after the Mobis was the, the the Mogo. This uh, very uh, very portable, just two and a two and a half pound portable seat you can throw in your backpack, and it's got this three staged leg that you can telescope out, adjust for your height. Very minimal uh, tractor style seat pan, and it's similar in uh, in function to an old shooting seat, which I don't know if you've ever seen one of these from England. Uh, they. I'm not they familiar call it, with it, but yeah, they're, go ahead, they're very yeah. old. They, they, I think the gentry of of England would go out with their, uh, you know, shooting grouse and and quail, uh, and they would take their gun and they would take their shooting stick, which was basically a walking stick that you could fold the handle open and form this little T-shaped thing you could lean on, to give you a, a third leg in a sense, of for stability while you know shooting these these innocent birds out of the sky. Um, I think it made you a better shot. So. So it's it's along that line where it's it's a seat you can take with you, uh, and a lot of people are I think majority are not necessarily traveling with the seat. They're actually spending it, the seats spend most of their time in the office space. Right. Uh, so it is a seat, a very inexpensive seat uh, for ninety nine dollars retail. You can get this this seat to to you know to work with your existing standing desk, and it it gives you this this uh, this restful posture that the locus seat does, but. At a price that's much lower, and it gives it's a great sort of gateway, gateway drug. It's easy to get people hooked on a, a product that that's inexpensive, that inexpensive, and then they can come back and buy our our uh, our other seats.
0: Sure.
1: The fourth seat we introduced is called the the pivot okay. seat, which is one of the seats you can uh, in our line that you can sit a little bit further down on, so you can bring your sit stand desk. You know, probably down to about 32 inch height. So you can load, you know, unload most of your weight from your legs, but you're still keeping your legs engaged. And I think that's that's the secret with all of our seats, is just to keep those quad muscles of yours working, because that's, our, that's the pump that drives blood, you know, through our, uh, our or for, forces our heart to work harder, which drives more oxygen to your, your brain. And that's, I think that's where that cognition, uh, the little cognition hook, comes from is just trying to keep you more physically engaged in your work. You'll notice that with any of our seats, is you're you're not putting your legs to sleep. You know, when you sit down, you're I think after about ten minutes, your the electrical activity is almost completely gone in your in your quads, the biggest muscles in your body. So our mission is to kind of keep keep you engaged, keep you active.
0: Sure. So you you've kind of recently partnered with a firm to kind of move and sell kind of and get into more locations kind of walk me through how that came to be and kind of why you decided to do that
1: i'm sorry can you repeat that kevin
0: sure you you recently um you know partnered and kind of sold to a company to actually like move into more markets and kind of expand into more stores kind of walk me through why you decided to do that and how you found that partnership
1: uh they actually found us so uh, while you know, I was bent on on building a machine to create what we had uh, come up with here in this country. Uh, I realized that there were machines already in place, and that you know, if we created this movement towards uh, deciding that the chair was maybe um, and the evolutionary mismatch that I that I believe it has been, and that people will start converting to this new way of, of working, that will only be at a you know, reach so many people. Uh, we're going to have you know capacity, manufacturing capacity issues, uh, and then obviously just just distribution issues being so small. So to find a partnership with a company that is already supplying this type of product, meaning work work tools, right? Uh, to to the world, then you know that was sort of a, a partnership that I was totally game game for, and uh, so yeah, we joined. Uh, forces with this with the company uh, LDI, okay. which is uh, the parent company, and their the the brand that you that is more well known is Safeco, okay. Safco S A F C O and Mayline M A Y L uh, I N E. There are two companies that are, I think Mayline's been around in the U.S. for a hundred years, Safeco oh. for over fifty years, and they have you know very broad reach. Uh, plus, great manufacturing in uh, the, the state of Wisconsin. Unfortunately, not Rhode Island. Uh, sure. But we're going to continue doing an, quite a number of things here uh, from a manufacturing standpoint. But most of the manufacturing will move to to uh, Wisconsin. Okay. So staying in the states.
0: No, that that that's great. So how did they find you guys?
1: Well, b- believe it or not, I mean, we've, the first hire uh, we made was a social media uh, person back in back in twenty twelve. So. Uh, we've tried to you know, shout from the rooftops about what we're up to here since day one and uh, let people know that there's a, a better way of, of working physically, and people have gotten it. They've all seen the, the data on uh, what has become known as sitting disease, you know, the sitting is the new smoking, Sure. Uh, that we're all so sedentary throughout the day. You know, people will do anything to try and uh, get that Fitbit working. You know, when even when you're at work, if you can keep if you can get your the number of steps in then uh, or that movement throughout the day, that fidgeting uh, and you know, the, the fidget thing is, is while it seems like a very small amount of movement, uh, it's this very low intensity physical activity that if you can just keep that up throughout the day, you can you burn a hell of a lot more calories than if you're just parked in your in your chair. So, sure. it's really about that fidget that you know I wanted I wanted to continue fidgeting when I was at school, but you know, I was uh, you know told to sit down and stay still. and <laughs> now, now i'm I'm breaking free. I'm creating tools that allow you to you know remain engaged in your work cognitively, uh, but keep yourself physically more engaged,
0: so you kind of covered this. and like, I'm sure there's people listening that are kind of wondering why exactly you decided to partner, like, Obviously, they have this like bigger reach. They probably they have a bigger sales team, and yeah, you're probably not. You have to give up some either equity or you know profit. But if they can get you more kind of reach and coverage and sell more product, then obviously like you're going to be making more money than you were just on your own. Correct.
1: You sure? Yeah. Okay.
0: And and yeah. so. What, so you, they reached out to you. They found you through kind of social media. What what did they kind of offer you? Were they just like, okay, we we like what you're doing. We want to like you know start getting your products distribution, or like walk me through kind of how that came to be.
1: Well, I think they they saw us as a a company that was kind of breaking breaking the rules a little bit. This is a pretty conservative industry. Sure, uh, the office furniture. Market and we, you know, we wanted to sort of throw out, throw the uh, the status quo out the window and sort of start anew. And you know, while they are kind of the opposite, they are they're a pretty conservative company. Uh, I think they like what we stood for, which was trying to come up with a different solution that maybe you just have to think about things a little differently, look at things a little differently, and maybe reconsider. Uh, past assumptions, so I think they 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 realized we had uh, an interesting vision for the future, and not just the product we created, but also uh, the way that our our website teaches you about uh, about our product and about you know ways to make yourself uh, and your your team and your office uh, be more active and you know retain better talent you know engage better talent and retain better, better talent for your, for your teams. Um, it's a very, you know, the physical environment that we work in is, it says a lot about a company and you go to a company that's still got eighties cubicles. And sure. I think you're going to be, you know, pretty dismayed. So I think they saw us as this visionary company and also, also, uh, have now enrolled us in, uh, being more of a, uh, an incubator for the, the company as a whole.
0: Interesting. And and so, do you? When you say incubator, like, what does that really mean? Like, you guys are do you guys give ideas to their more conservative line as well, or or kind of walk me through that?
1: Yeah, to work directly with them and their designing a group, their design group and their uh, their sourcing partners to uh, to to create products that are again more uh, more modern, more engaging. Uh, what we're calling a line of active, more active furniture. Okay. You never, never really think of your furniture as being something that's active, but if when you use it, you're inclined to wiggle around, to fidget while using it, then you know that's sort of what we're we're focused on is really trying to develop a whole line of active product.
0: Sure. So you have you've done the seats, you've done the desks, you've done the tables. What's kind of next for you guys?
1: Well. Uh, we realize there are a lot of accessories that are needed storage, you know, while we're not having to store much paper these days, that storage needs to be at the right height. So it's not going to uh, you know, hurt your back when you're when you're reaching down to your, uh, your filing cabinet on the floor. Um, so we're working on the storage. We're working on acoustic control because a lot of offices have moved to like, these open plan spaces sure. and being able to uh, be your own architect in your in your space. Uh, to have the tools to create simple partitions, to not have to have, uh, um, I suppose, facilities come and re you know, reconfigure your area, but to be able to have a, sort of that living office if you want to move it around throughout the year to kind of shift things so that we're working on, on that. So you can, you know, a lot of people like to work with noise around them. A lot of people like to work with absolute silence and no visual distractions. So allowing you to be able to, uh, customize your environment so that you can get into that that zone that state of flow uh, that is so critical and i think why you know what our whole mission in the first place was about trying you know i wanted to be the best footwear designer i could be and i realized it was through uh through proper body support through po- proper table height through you know proper either if i you know if you i'd like i don't mind audio stimulation or visual stimulation while i'm uh working but some people like to be able to have that cone of silence around them so looking at all those things that allow us to be more efficient workers i think throughout the day is what we're looking at now
0: sure no that that makes a lot of sense and like i'm assuming like maybe sometime in 2017 or 2018 you'll launch some of that stuff or is yeah it still actually, kind
1: of too early? yeah uh in june 2017 this this year we'll uh we'll be launching actually more seats we have um a uh, couple more uh, lines of seats coming out, which are which I'm calling active lounge. Okay. One is active lounge, and then the other are these fidget seats that are. Uh, we're trying to get a little bit lower price, so we can get more folks uh, on this movement bandwagon. Sure. Um, and also looking at uh, education. So fortunately, Safeco is involved in uh, the education market. Uh, okay. So um, my my passion is to to try and transform the next generation before they. You know, so when they get to the office, they're gonna look at the cubicle and go, um, "No, this isn't for me. Where's where's my upright seating?" Sure. So, so that's that's really exciting to uh, to start to transform uh, education market right now.
0: No, that that makes a lot of sense, and I and you're right. Like you kind of have to start young, right? And yeah, that, no, that's that's actually really interesting. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So do you maybe wanna? close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and uh, the company online?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, the website is focalupright.com um, and, you know, we, we have a, a site. Our site is very informative from videos to information about the product, how to use it. Um, we have some white papers on sort of the amount of relief your, your back is going to find. We're actually starting... Now a uh, study on, on cognitive function and how uh, the, your cognition is improved through just movement and engagement throughout the day. Um, and yeah, so we're based here in, in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. We're actually moving to East Greenwich uh, in, a, in a month to a new space. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's the website, focalupright.com.
0: Perfect. Well, Martin, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin.
0: All right. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep going in the future.